This is the Not After 30 Podcast, a podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Now, it's time for the show. Uh, so as tradition yep. at the Not After 30 Podcast, we always crack one. So cheers. Thanks for making a track. Cheers. Thanks for having me. And uh, let's have a great one. All right. Let's do it. Uh, just as good as I remember. I mean, I don't give a shit how much um, smack talk people will give you for drinking White Claw. I, I love it at least 10 times more than I love beer. At least. And there's also, I mean, not you don't get the bloatedness the, of that, having Number one. And, I mean, considering it's called the Not After 30 podcast, yeah, I feel like beer might be in that conversation of Not After 30 based on... Like, just how it may make you feel after a certain age. Now, some guys get away with it, totally. and some guys don't care. Yeah, some guys live for it. You know, like, some guys live for crushing beers. I get it. But for me, um, we we had, um, we have had, have had, or have have, um, one of our talents, I guess you can put it, one of our recorders, uh, Aaron, he's a, he's a beer guru. I call him a beer guru. He hates that. But he, he's been brewing beer since age 16. He knows his stuff about beer. And we had a show called Beercation, where it was learning about craft beer and why it's so important to have craft beer in the marketplace and everything along that line. And I just got into it because I wasn't a beer drinker before that, but I put in like 25 pounds. And yeah, yeah, he's like, <laughs> don't blame the beer because you can't stop eating Big Macs. But also, like... But if you had to pick, yeah, would you rather have the beer or the Big Mac? Big Mac, easily. I agree with that yeah. as well. Yeah, okay, good. So we're on the same page. My boss, my old boss, was a huge beer guy too. And... He anytime he would go somewhere, he would pick up. Well, anytime he would go somewhere, he would find an excuse to go to some brewery, and then the result of that is him coming back to the office and handing everyone like beers from these breweries. And I'm like, I appreciate it, dude. Like that's a good bro. But at the same time, like I'm never gonna drink these. Like they've yeah. been in my fridge for years. So like, you're not you're not a big like uh, craft guy, or it's not necessarily that I don't not a big craft guy. It's more like I don't drink at all that much. Okay. Like it, it's. I don't know. I guess I've gotten older. I've just stopped drinking as much as I used to. Like more social? As yeah, opposed it's to like... significantly more social than it ever was. And my best friend doesn't drink beer at all or okay. alcohol at all. Okay. So when he's around, it's like, well, I'm not going to drink by myself. Right, right. So it's, it's literally reserved for like a very specific scenario. You don't want to be that guy. Where like another buddy comes over and like he's drinking beer. It's like, okay, so now we can have whatever's in the fridge. Right. And... Whatever's old and yeah. skunky. And now, I mean, he has two kids and I'm sure you know the, the life of mm-hmm. having children. So... The socialization doesn't it happen as much anymore, so it's kind of resulted just down to like wrestling pay per views. Yeah, and like so we'll all get together for that, and that's the only time really when I drink beer. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Way. I I can't casually drink. Sometimes like because I work a lot of evenings. By the time I get home, my wife and I may split like something, uh, my whatever cooler or some wine or whatever. But usually we just go outside, like we like share a joint and then just call it a night because. I'm like either wired or just beat up to the point where I'm so tired I'm not tired anymore. Right. And so we just need something to unwind. It's but maybe I'd say in a week, oh, maybe two drinks, maybe yeah. if that. So it definitely ha- happens with age as well too. I mean, when I was younger, it was probably two a day. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. more. Like, yeah. I used to work in a restaurant for so many years, and that's just what you did. Like you just you worked your shift, and then when it's two twelve o'clock, one o'clock, twelve and two in the morning, when you're done. You sit on the patio, you have a beer or two, and then you go home. And then you do this, you like, and you sleep till noon, and then you do it all over again the next day. Did you work with Scott by any chance? I didn't, but hilariously, we worked at the same restaurant, but not at the same time. Wow. 
So it was years after I had left, he had started working at the same restaurant. Okay. Well, I should probably introduce you to the pod. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Dustin Perry, uh, most famously of Smash Wrestling, but now the brand new sports podcast that you didn't know you wanted, 4.3. Sorry. Am I... It's okay. It, every, it's, I mean, I get it messed up every so often. I have it written down at the top of our run sheet every yeah. week. It's 43.6. Okay. It... Uh, point is spelt in letters, so it's 43 and then P-O-I-N-T, 6. Uh, that was James's idea, a uh, number of reasons as to why, but th- what made the most sense was because it's the coordinates of a portion of the city of Toronto. Okay. And he liked that idea because it's supposed to be a Toronto-centered sports podcast. Makes sense. Which I know is really limiting our audience, but we felt that based on how the, what the radio situation was in the city, there wasn't really that in its form – or at least there was a niche for it. I right. think there was may have been a need for something like that. But ultimately, it's really just three guys talking about sports. And sure, the top story happens to be the Maple Leafs, or it happens to be the Raptors, or it happens to be the Blue Jays. But more often than not, we di- we digress into many different topics. I, I have to say, as a, as a listener of your pod, I do enjoy it. I mean, first of all, like I love the Smash alumni anyways, so... You know, James, when he had his pod, I would listen to that. Same with Brad. Um, but, you know, like, all all you guys, I just have, like, this infinity love for because of the glory years of Smash Wrestling and going to those shows. But I was very curious because, we'll, and we'll get into it a little bit too, but the dynamic that you added to it, which is, A, uh, absolutely stellar voice. But, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, we, we chat just very small time at, at the shows, but... yeah. You know, I, I was always I, I follow your gram, so I see that you're a big sports guy. So that was like I was like, this is gonna be pretty decent. And Maddie, I, I don't know, but I, I do like what he adds. But also, I also feel you and James are very strong in your opinions. And Maddie also like lends to that as well too. So I find that that the the dynamic, the chemistry is very good with you guys too. You can tell you guys are your buddies, anyways. Yeah, the dynamic of it is at least the way that I try to frame it is that like. James and Maddie are more the sports guys. They grew up playing hockey. They have like they had the same hockey coach that Mitch Marner had. Like they are oh, cool. like hardcore hockey, hockey, hockey guys. Whereas I bring a different spin where I'm more a I'm more a baseball guy, more a football guy, even though Maddie and James are big football guys too. Right. So we're I'm looking forward to that time of year when we get to talk a lot about NFL football. And we will, and that's the thing. Like it's not just going to be blue jays blue jays blue jays now that it's the summer we're going to talk about the summer yeah yeah we're going to talk about a whole lot of different things we have different ideas of yeah certain shows we want to do i think last week we kicked around the idea of doing like our top five like where we think these free agents in the nhl are going to go so it's not necessarily like i think these five guys are signing with the maple leaves is here's the pool of free agents. Pick five of them. Where do you think they're going to end up? And we'll compare our list. I, I, I love that dynamic of, of having that into um, into a show because it gives you something that may not be on the radio like you're saying. But it's also ni- nice just to hear like um, fan opinions as opposed to like some of the homers on the radio. Because honestly, like uh, Toronto Sports Radio is just – I don't want to say the word. It's not bad, but the, the voices that they have today are just so – they're trying too hard like nick kiprios i like nick kiprios stories but fuck i can't stand listening to him sometimes because he just seems to be like just such a just such a like a, a goat on there like he's just like i don't know a mess sometimes like he's all over the places with, 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 with his references are and i don't know i'm not a huge fan of kiprios but 
I just find like his show particularly, it just tries too hard to be competitive with Overdrive, and those guys are just like such in a groove that it's it's hard to even go up against them. But the funny thing is, and to put a button on that, basically, I just wanted to be like the middleman between the two of them, like come almost like the referee of like mm. I'm going to introduce the stories, I guess the host. I'm going to introduce the stories. I'm going to team up and just get their opinions on it. And then it's, I mean, it's evolved for what it is. But yeah, with Kiprios and Overdrive, like the funny thing is, I don't listen to any sports radio. Really? Any, like I used to be religious into sports radio at one point. At one point, like hardcore sports radio on Sirius XM mm-hmm. was something I listened to from like the beginning of the morning on my way to work. And then while I got to work, I would listen to their afternoon show and their morning shows and all that. And then on the way home, I'd be listening to Maronello on the way home. Like I had like Bomani Jones in the morning. There was Red Heat. There was Tim and Sid at like two o'clock, whatever. Maronello was in there, and there was someone else at the end of the day. I don't remember who it was. Anyways, like all day, every day, it was hardcore sports radio. And then when that closed, I listened to Fan Five Ninety all day, every day. And now I don't like as as your interests just change. Like yeah. it's not something I actively listen to all the time so like anytime james and maddie talk about overdrive or they talk about spitting chicklets or all these other well-known sports podcasts it's just like over my head I'm like, yeah i don't i i like the dynamic on some of those but like some of them like i love listening to uh o'neill just because he's like i feel like he'd be a guy you crush a couple drinks with and have a good time with but i don't like not not to like drown out it's just like i just find like one they get like catch words of the day and then all of a sudden like every show is talking about the same catch words and they and the same um buzzwords or whatever and and same stories it's just like okay i need a new opinion all these opinions are the same just different people spitting them out right. anyways all right the pod let's talk a little bit about the pod i wanted to also talk about like kind of like um our origin stories of how we kind of get to know each other uh maybe we should start there and then we'll get to the pod sure all right so how did you get started with smash wrestling oh boy so Smash Wrestling would have started in, I want to say January of 2012. Okay. Prior to that, I want to say at some point in 2011 is when I would have started in wrestling. I took a professional wrestling referee course through Squared Circle Training, and the lead instructor was Jimmy Corderas. Right. So that's where I met Jimmy. And there's me and, like, three other guys. It was a very small group of us. And it was really cool. Like, you would go to Squared Circle Training, where a lot of some of your favorite wrestlers have been trained. Like, uh, I mean, Brent Banks was trained there. Right. And uh, Tarek, I believe, spent some time there. I could be wrong about that one. Uh, I bl- Smash and Swab was there. So, like, John Greed. Like, a lot of those guys in, from that era came out from that school. And that's how I learned, like, who all those guys were, right? So, I took the referee thing and... Never really wanting to be a referee. Like, I went to school for broadcasting, and my goal was always... That's the voice. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, well, I went to school for radio broadcasting. My goal was eventually to be in professional wrestling broadcasting. That was kind of the idea. And I didn't know how I was ever going to do that. There isn't, like... You were always just a lifelong fan and just got, like, just gradually got into it? Yeah. Yeah, so, behind the scenes, I should say. Yeah. So I did the referee thing. I thought it would be a cool thing to learn. I thought it would give me a, a foot in the door, which is exactly what it was. Like, I was booked on an event i want to say it was in milton come to think of it really i want to say it was in milton i could be wrong in Uh, 2011 my time here but yeah um and it was in some community center i I don't know what the name of the community center is i bet if i looked up on cagematch.net it might be there but i think arda ocal was supposed to be the ring announcer for whatever reason he couldn't make it so 
like what you're always told to do is have your stuff in the car. Yeah, always and bring your gear. I said, like, hey, like, I know I'm refereeing tonight. We don't need two of us on, like, a community center in front of, like, you know, 30, four, 14 yeah. people. Like, 14. Who cares? Yeah, I just hit 30. <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> so I said, like, I have my suit in the car if you need an announcer because Arda is not here. And, like, sure, man. Okay, go on in. And this was a show for, like, squared circle training students of whatever, right? So from there, I was just ring announcer for Squared Circle and Sebastian at the time, Sebastian Swab, who is the promoter of, uh, for those of you who have no idea who I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> Sebastian Swab, who is the promoter of Smash Talk Rock. Talk K-Fabe, man, come on. <laughs> uh, he was one of, this, the, one of the wrestlers on the crew at, at that time. So when he spun off and done his, did his own thing, I just reached out to him and said, hey, do you need someone? And from there on, I, you was, were the guy? I was the guy. And not just like the ring announcer when i started i was like the ring announcer the play-by-play guy the backstage interview guy like i was the announcer yeah <laughs> it wasn't like you're the it ring might... announcer you're the announcer like there's no one else if here. there's a microphone it's glued to your hand <laughs> the whole time okay so you got into it and obviously like kind of scratching that itch is something you want to do for a while so tell me like i mean I, i'm sure that we've talked about enough on on this podcast but when it comes to doing something for nothing we, we call it like passion over paycheck it's a big thing it's it's everything we do is passion over paycheck i gotta imagine starting out in indie wrestling kind of the same thing yeah there was years where we didn't get paid for anything and that wasn't necessarily like and i know a lot of people have heat with sebastian for like not paying people but at the same time it's like he wasn't making any money either right so it's not like he was laughing to the bank and taking no, all his cash right what, so what i'm trying to get at is like what kept you in it like what kept sure. you working for it um, I think that's exactly what it is, where it's just something you want to do, right? And, you know, when the pandemic hit in 2020 or whatever year it was, for Christ's sake, um, <laughs> now that you think all, about it, it's, it's like, blur. Jesus, I only remember when that was. Um, there's so much of a part of you that got taken away, where it's like, who, it's, it was interesting of like, who are you without this? Yeah. And... I, it was hard to answer that question, right? And it's, I think that's what it comes down to is like, this is just what I do and what my life is. And I couldn't see it another way. And yeah. that's why I do it. Well, I I always, I remember the first couple times I really noticed you is really when you would absolutely just kill an intro. And I was like, fuck, man, this guy has it. Like, um, I can't, I, uh, it's, it's going to bother me now because I can't remember who it is. But you just laced some bro's intro, and you just nailed it. And it was like kind of like what um, uh, Justin Roberts does now with like John Moxley's intro. Right. And I was I was like yes because I've seen enough ring intros where it's either gets lost in the music or whatever. But your timing, your cadence was always so good. I don't. It, it's it's a compliment. I wanted to come out like a compliment, but I just enjoyed the element of professionalism that you brought to those indie shows. So, um, kudos to you, I guess. Well, thank that, you. That's what I'm trying to say. What, what, for you, what was it that, A, you want to present yourself that way because you're always, always dressed sharp. Uh, when we were, when we met up a couple weeks ago, you're telling me like you always got your haircut right before a show. So yeah. you always looked really sharp. You always had that element of professionalism. When, when you had guys like, you know, not to knock James, of course, we love James. We've had him on the show before, but he'd come out like backwards hat, oversized shirt, bed jeans hanging yeah. off the back of his ass, you know, like. You, you brought that element of professionalism to an indie show, which might have looked a little out of place, but I appreciate it. I'm sure other people did too. Why? Yeah, so 
<laughs> there's a number of things there. Um, so one, why I did that, because I just feel like that's how it should be done. And it's not like no one ever told me, do this, do this, do that. Something that always stuck with me was my college professor for news. His name is Paul Cross. I believe he's still doing news in the city. It might be for CFRB. And Paul taught us, like, you know, how to do scripts and how the news should be formatted and whatever. And then at one point, he just said, okay, guys, go do your show. And a lot of people were like, well, how do we, what do we do? Like, wh how, do, how do we do this show? And Paul's like, guys, it's like, it's like I'm your guitar teacher. I've told you how to play these notes. Now you guys got to go play the guitar. I can't tell you, now play exactly like this. Because mm. that's, you're not teaching someone to be exactly who you are. You want them to grab it and take what they know and apply it in however they want to apply it. So no one specifically ever told me you should dress this way or you should talk this way or you should introduce this way. I just do what I think makes sense. And a lot of what I try to do is I try to make it, I try to do what I can to get the boys over. And yeah. that's like, that's it. And if I'm, if I look like a slob or if I, if I don't know what I'm talking about, if I say something wrong or if something comes out the wrong way, it, it doesn't present the guys the way I want them to. And it has nothing to do with me trying to get myself over. It has nothing to do with it. I don't care if anyone remembers me or not. My goal is hopefully is that you are more amped to watch this match than you were, you know, 15 seconds ago. You know what? The overdogs, that's I, that's one of the ones I, that definitely sticks out of my mind is the overdogs intro. I always thought that was really stellar. And their whole Somersby um, angle gimmick <laughs> shit was always fun. Okay, that's cool. I Yeah, like I said, like I always appreciate your presentation. And even when you didn't do it for those couple shows we talked about before, I don't want to say it on the air. But it wasn't as good right. as what I uh, what you were presenting. Do you have um, do you have any memories of my brother and I being shitheads at Smash Wrestling? So for the longest time, we called you guys the Brent Banks guys. Yeah, we were Brent Banks guys. Because I because always remember you guys just chanting Brent Banks like we, all the time. Yeah. Like it was almost Rob Van Dam and ECW type chants Ooh, where yes. it was like he's not even out here yet, but you guys are chanting yeah, for yeah, Brent Banks, yeah. right? Uh, so that I remember you guys doing. I remember, and so this was so helpful too. Like when the fans get involved in it, though, it makes like, it it yes. helps the show, and so I much more enjoyable. I remember the E Zone specifically. Yes, where Tarek was doing his entrance, and this was right at the time when we were trying to turn Tarek. Yeah, and we had our backs to him. Exactly, yes. and there's that shot on camera of like Tarek is like visibly frustrated by the response he's getting, and there's you two guys yeah. standing up and with your back to him, just not even looking at. Yeah. Him. And we hated him so much. But that added so much to the presentation. And then I think it was later that night when he finally turned heel. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the place exploded, right? Oh, my God. We died. We died. First, okay, so, yeah, we were Brett Banks, guys, because of the first show we went to was uh, Hero vs. Um, uh, oh, my God. AJ, AJ? AJ Style. Yeah. So that was – and it was only because you guys advertised at um, where I played ball hockey. I saw it in the journal. I have so many stories of the stupid ball hockey place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was it? Ring City. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Sure. I, Canland <laughs> no, Sportsplex. Canland. Yes, Canland. that's what I'm remembering. Sorry, you're, okay. you're, you're, um, Ring City is the one we played across. Anyways, whatever. Um, and I saw it. I was like, oh, my God. And, and that's obviously when all that stuff, Hero just got cut. AJ just left um, TNA. And I was like, this is going to be a big deal. I was like, this is going to be like one that we talk about for years, which I believe it is. Um, so I, I talked my brother into going. We saw Brett Banks, and we just thought he was good. Like, he was good in the ring. 
but his facials were next level. Yeah. And that's really what got him over with us. So we, we'd always be like, we're, we, I remember driving home, we're like, Let, we're in on this guy. Like, this is our guy now. And he didn't do anything, like, super over the top, but we just got into him because of, because of that. And the next show and the next show, we just kept going. Banks is money. We started that chant. Brett Banks chant. And we were just in on him. Plus, he's got kind of like a catchy name. So it, it does. It kind of helped out a little bit, yep. too. But we just thought he was great. We just thought he was great. His facials were great. And, he, you know, we thought he was like a really clean worker. Because sometimes you see those, you know, I don't want to say sloppy, but it, it wasn't like uh, he was he's out there doing things and hurting guys. It just seemed like he was a good worker. And we just appreciated that out of him, too. But, um, yeah, he, we just gravitated towards him first. And he was our first love. So it just worked out that yeah, way. Yeah, I can't ever remember a time where Brent Banks had hurt somebody or someone had a bad match with Brent. Like, I can't think of a bad match with Brent Banks. No, he, like, in, for that matter, Tarek too. Yes. Uh, and, uh, I mean, when Tarek turned, it definitely added a layer to him that he needed, an edge that he needed. Because uh, when he was um, Alex Vega, it was, like, generic, re- like, creator wrestler, one, two, three. You know, and, and it was, it, he was, again, a good worker. Not that we complain about that, but nothing to really stand out either, too. So... But the, the Tarek turn and all that stuff, I mean, this is going to appeal to like five people, this conversation <laughs> with Smash. But I love reminiscing about it because really it's the glory days of Smash. And, and when that turn happened, and that was the start of like a lot of momentum for you guys. So maybe take us behind the curtain. Like how enjoyable was it for the, for the gang, for the group of guys putting on those shows to see that momentum building? I don't know if it ever really hit you while you're doing it. Mm. Like you're just always on to the next thing and on to the next thing. I think looking back at it now, there's a lot of things that I look at. I'm like, that was pretty cool. Like the first show at the Phoenix. I don't know if you were there for that. The show was called new girl in town. I don't remember what was even on the card. I just remember being there in like an almost full building on the Phoenix and looking around like, this is, this is obscene because we're some stupid independent wrestling company. Like we shouldn't be here. And there's, and especially now, like Sebastian running the, london music hall and we did london music hall all the time but we did a lot of now looking back at it again like we did a lot of events at london music hall and one of them was smash wrestling versus impact wrestling oh yeah like the impact wrestling world championship was defended just wild like i have this picture of i think it was a smash wrestling championship it was Tarek versus hacker scotty o'shea who is doing a lot better now for what i'm told so that's that's great Uh, but he had a bit of a health issue recently but in the ring is myself about to do the in-ring introductions. Beside me, I think Brad might have been refereeing. And then there was Tarek, and there was Tarek, and there is Hacker Scotty O'Shea. I'm like, this is Ontario Indie, but we're on Impact Wrestling's, you know, Twitch channel, or whatever yeah, the hell yeah. it was, YouTube channel. I don't know what it was, but it's cool looking at stuff like that. Where like this is us. These are the same goofs who were doing shows in front of 15 people. And there's all your friends, and it, you're all in there at the same time. But it's, it's a great feel-good moment. Like, there's so many great elements to that. It's like all that hard work, all those drives, everything. Like, I always, I was always jealous about those London shows because I would never drive out. Although we did do one. What was that one that was at that like kind of like weird strip club? And then you guys like set up a bus for people in the area to come, <laughs> and it was like a, such a bus because like, it almost didn't. I don't think you guys made any money on that bus trip. Probably not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the strip club looking place you're probably thinking of cowboys ranch maybe uh maybe that i i think it was in london though so there was a building in london we used prior to the music hall and it was cowboys ranch right and, and it had like the, the uh, stadium like seating around the main floor or had booths maybe around it i can't 
There definitely was booths at Cowboys. Yeah, maybe that's what it, what it was. And they had also a second tier. There was a yeah, second tier okay, so also at Cowboys. Yeah. I feel like that's probably what they did. Yeah, that's probably what I was saying. We met this really weird chick. She was like sitting alone in the booth, but we wanted like good seats. So we sat, we're like, hey, is anyone seeing? She's like, no, it's just me. I'm like, okay, cool. Why you don't. Anyways, we ended up buying her a whole bunch of drinks and getting her loaded that night. And uh, she's like, I think I'm going to try to sleep with one of the wrestlers. I was like, you should go for it. <laughs> you should. I, I, they love that kind of stuff. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Uh, there's those those fair share of ring rats. I well, think. I had a story like that where, and I'll reserve names so no one is in trouble in case it was. It definitely wasn't Bernadette. So, a buddy of mine. I shouldn't even say a buddy. A coworker of mine. At Smash Wrestling. No, oh. no. So this is when I was working for the Blue Jays for a very brief period of time. I worked there as a fifty-fifty raffle ticket seller. Yes. And one of the guys who I sold fifty-fifty tickets with. I don't remember his name, so it doesn't matter. I'm not even trying to protect him. <laughs> he, John Smith. Right. John Smith had said to me, yo, my friend, some female friend of his, is a big fan of this particular wrestler. This WWE wrestler. Okay. I'm like, okay. It's like, she wants to sleep with him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Do you know his handler? <laughs> He's like, well, where do you think they're going to be? Because they were in town oh, that gotcha. day. Okay. Like, where do you think they're going to be? I'm like, well... I can tell you the gym they work out at, but I mean, if she's attractive, just send them a message on Instagram. Seems like the way the kids are doing it, right? And lo and behold, she went home with that wrestler that yes. night. Yes. What a win. <laughs> a win for the fans. Right. So <laughs> if you are a female who is interested in a male wrestler, you just got to send a message on Instagram. I'm sure if he's in town. Slide in DMs. Slide into those DMs. It'll work out, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that it's never hard for a, a girl to get laid, right? Now, if you are a male and you're looking to sleep with a female wrestler, just don't even bother. Yeah. That's just, if you slide into that poor girl's DMs, you're going to be one of 14,000 messages oh she got that hour. I can only imagine. I can only I I remember um, Candice LeRae at one of the shows, and I'd always do this high-five thing with her where I would extend my my hand as high as I could and she would try to high five it and we did it a couple times we did some photos with it uh, Steve got a good pic of us uh, action shot and I was like man Candice LeRae man she's just a gorgeous girl and my brother's like you should go you should try I was like not a <laughs> chance not a chance the only time this, this girl hangs out in California I'm sure she's seen some serious dudes I'm not no not happening but I I didn't shoot my shot, but we have we will all have we'll always have our high five, so I'm good with that. Like the two dudes with attitudes high five? Is that the idea? <laughs> I, yeah, just something like that. Yeah, it was just it was, yeah, Sean and Diesel. That's basically exactly. what it was. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. Yeah, good reference. <laughs> I, on your pod, you guys talked about uh, having a wrestling off. You and James, I would if Maddie can't find anyone to also ask questions, I would like to volunteer my services. That's not a bad idea. I I'm in. I'm in. You just let me know, and I'll make myself available. Because I would love to just be a fly in the wall on that one because that would just blow my mind. Okay. I will run that by James and Maddie, but I think they would be more than okay with that. We'll find out some find a day in the summer to make that work. Yeah, I'm I'm in. I think it'd be fun. Hell yeah. But also I, I love you guys because you guys just had um an episode called Nerd and you guys were basically <laughs> busting each other's chops. Just calling each other nerds. About nerds, <laughs> about things you love. And and you brought up a good point. Like it, once you become into something like yeah, you're technically you're a nerd for, it, but like you're just into it. Like you're into something, into wrestling, into bobbleheads, whatever the case may be. It, it, you just become a nerd about it. But honestly, it's like it's almost like it, it should be a bad thing, but it's probably a good thing. It's like a badge of honor, really. There's a lot worse things you can spend your time and money on, right? Totally. You could be 
an alcoholic or a drug a drug addict. And, yeah. I mean, not there's any. I mean, if you have those issues, please get help. Get help. Yes. Like I'm not trying to condemn you or anyway. I'm just saying there's other things that you can spend your money on that may not be the best thing for you. Right. So yeah, like I am a nerd for video games, and I am a nerd for sports. Apparently, like I yeah. could, I, I think I said on the podcast, like it blew my mind, and it was almost like a, a, a seeing the light come to Jesus moment where I'm like, I am a sports nerd. Yeah. Where. I never associated those two terms together. Like I just thought nerd is one thing. Jock is another thing. If I like sports, I can't possibly be a nerd. Right. Yeah. If but, you were a nerd, you just, you just, you were good in school and weren't good in sports. Like that's what it was right. for a long time. Like you're the Steve Urkel. Like that's a reference that probably will go over a lot of people's heads. Uh, not for the, not, <laughs> not for the, the not yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, that, that's actually your wheelhouse. You <laughs> nailed is, it. <laughs> I'm right. Okay. Right in the right demographic yeah. there. But that's what you think of when you think of nerd, right? hundred percent. And Steve Urkel never would have been into sports. He wouldn't even know like what a baseball looked like. No. Yeah. So when someone said to me, like, oh, you're so nerdy about sports, I'm like, it just, like, that sentence didn't compute with me. I was like, what? And then, like, after thinking about it, I'm like, she was absolutely right. Uh, totally. That, that's a perfect way to describe me. And it's almost, it's a little heartbreaking, to be honest, because especially, like, like, I grew up playing sports and being good at sports, but also not being good at ac- academics also helped a lot, you know, to be like, I, I associate better with bros and jocks, and I don't necessarily associate well with nerds or nerd culture in that matter. I, I always like Star Wars, but I didn't love Star Wars. Like, I wasn't like, Bobo Fett did this, blah, 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 blah. And I, was yeah. like, I barely know who Bobo Fett is, but I appreciate him in the movies. Same, same with the MCU. Like, I like the MCU, but I'm not, like, fucking hard for it all the time. It's just one of those things. This I'm, I'm the same way with Star Wars, where I think, and this could get me a lot of hate, but I think episodes four, five, and six are incredibly overrated movies. Four, five, and six are overrated? Yeah, I, well, on, I, I, I see what you're saying. I don't disagree. I think it was more like a, at the time, you know, kind of like the avatar of the time, right? Like it was a big leap in oh, no, cinematic. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. Like I understand it. like what it meant to film at that time. Right. And I understand like what it was and how it changed the industry in a lot of ways and how groundbreaking it was. Right. But plot line years. But yeah, looking back at it now, it's like this, these aren't good movies. Like all, all but all, they're all not very good plot lines. Like they're just like, it's like the George Lucas curse, right? Like it's like. It's like a cool story that kind of gets dumbed down a little bit and then changed a little bit. I don't know. Isn't that why like Disney wouldn't let George Lucas touch any of the new movies? Oh, I suppose. But I honestly, I trust Disney in a lot of things. And I know some people hate the fact that Disney owns so many of these properties, but... Um, think about it. Endless wealth, endless resources. What, what more would you want? And good storytellers. I looked this up the other day, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. But if you look at like what Star Wars was worth when Disney bought it, and let's say the purchase for Star Wars was like a couple billion dollars, four it was in four point four billion. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it was single digit billion dollars, which is more money than I'll ever comprehend in my life. Oh my god, I couldn't even imagine four point four million dollars, right. let alone billion. But what it's worth now because of what Disney has done with it, it's probably like fifty, sixty billion dollars. And no one's ever gonna have that kind of money to to take that from or buy that from Disney. No, so they can just keep milking it for what it's worth, and no one's gonna complain. You're gonna make millions of millions of dollars on everything you you'll set up a whole star wars theme park at some point it'll make you a billion dollars every year and they, they they can just enjoy all that revenue because they deserve it too and like all these new television shows about star wars like oh, yeah. some are hit or miss but the mandalorian was fun yeah and the new han solo show or han, han solo no sorry the new obi-wan oh, Kenobi yeah, show yeah. was actually a lot of fun and the han solo movie wasn't so good but i'm going to disney world next month or like this month or 
when, when, is this, when does this episode air? <laughs> it will be released this weekend. So okay. first week of July. So I'm going to uh, Disney World this month. And uh, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is going to the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I've heard and, it's amazing. Dude, getting some blue milk. Yep. And getting a, a Ronto wrap and just <laughs> doing all and getting. I don't know if I'm going to build a droid or not. I, I probably won't. Or the lightsaber stuff, but I'm definitely going to go to the cantina bar and get yeah, like a, you have to, a, a right? dumb cocktail. And so here's a pro tip: okay. if you're going to Disney World soon, a couple of years, yeah. Okay, I didn't realize this until after the fact. So pretty much with every major eating establishment in Disney World, you have to make a reservation like two months in advance. Oh, okay. It's nuts of how quickly these things sell out, and we are a group of six, so maybe that's also part of the problem of how hard it is to get a reservation but for the cantina bar at hollywood studios the park closes at nine but they still have reservations till like i think almost 10 o'clock okay so if we currently have a reservation for 9 30 so a half hour after the park closes they let you in the park and there's no one there Ooh. and you go over to galaxy's edge you go into the cantina bar you're like just it almost feels like you're michael jackson and you've bought out yeah, yeah disney yeah, world yeah, for yeah, the it's day all for us and you have such a great opportunity after you're done to go walking around. Like, obviously, you have to leave. But, right. like, as you're leaving, well, take 20 a 20 minutes walk around yeah. or whatever. You take a picture with the Millennium Falcon. There's no one around you. Ah, oh, it's fucking cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you have a perfect opportunity for awesome Instagram pictures when oh, I like there's that no one there. That's, so. Actually, that's a really good one. I'd also be, like, a little bit creeped out, to be honest. It could feel that way. Yeah. yeah. It might feel very, like, like apocalyptic. A, yeah. An empty th- Like, did you ever see those videos... Like, I follow um, Casey Neistat, and he does this whole, like, drone thing uh, at an abandoned water park in, like, somewhere in Ohio. And it's just creepy. Like, it's like just looks like death all over the place. I would imagine Hollywood Studios or Disney at night, it's kind of like when you go to Wonderland with prom, right? Or you're graduating class in high school. It's like, it's it should be busier, but it's not. Right. And it's just kind of creepy, and it's like, okay, well... Am I going to get killed tonight? Like, is it tonight the night I die? <laughs> this like, is it. Yeah, this is it. This yeah. is a wrap on my life right <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, I don't know. I like it, though. So, okay, you're going with six other people, all adults, no kids? Uh, Five other people. Sorry. So, my sister has a small child. Uh, she is th- almost three. She's okay. two and a half. And they're going now because she has another kid on the way. And they're like, if I don't go now, like, we're not going to go right. for years, right? It's only so, harder with two. Right. And, and and I guess you'd want the second child to be of age to remember things. Right. Uh, Emma, the, the baby, definitely is not going to remember any of this. No. At two and a half, there's no chance you remember any of this stuff. But right. when they said they were going, so her, my sister, her husband, and the little one, when they said they were going, the rest of the family was like, well, I mean, I got some vacation time. Yeah. Like, why don't we go? We haven't left the country in two years. Right. It's, yeah. yeah. Let's just let's just go. And so my other sister Stephanie is going, and her daughter Serena, my niece, who is like twenty two or twenty three. Okay. It's like she's an adult. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and then I said I'll tag along too. So we're doing a whole bunch of things. You want to be left home alone? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, we're doing a bunch of things. Serena and I are going to uh, Universal Studios one day, and then before, so we're all flying in on different days and stuff. Okay. And we're only meeting up on certain places. So before the baby gets there, we're also going to go to Hollywood Studios, and that's when we're going to do all the Star Wars stuff and some of the more adult stuff that we want to get out of the way before sure. we have to like 
walk around Magic Kingdom with the baby. Right. Now, okay, are you guys going to check out the Simpsons area? Oh, hell yeah. That I mean, that one almost blows me away more than the Star Wars. Really? Just the idea of, like, I mean, growing up with the Simpsons, it's just such a silly cartoon anyways, but yep. to just see that stuff life-size, I, I think I'd love that more. Like, I'm, I, you can't see it, but I'm sitting on this like, Simpsons donut oh, yeah. Yeah. pillow. Yep. And uh, not that I'm a huge Simpsons fan. I am a big Simpsons fan only because I grew up with them. But I couldn't, I couldn't name you anything from like the last ten years of The Simpsons. Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah, but there's some classic ones too. You sure. Know, so yeah, like I grew up watching Simpsons too. Like, yeah. I love The Simpsons. Yeah, and then probably around the time of the movie, or maybe a little before that, I just stopped watching it. I never went back. I think I watched up to the movie. I have the movie on DVD somewhere when we had the a DVD player. I uh, might have it on Blu-ray actually. Oh, fancy Blu-ray! Disappointment never really took off. Like it kind of took off. Like it beat out HD H HD DVD. I had a bunch of those too. Oh, my buddy worked at HMV and he bought like all of their stocks for like a dollar each and bought all of them. And I'm like, "What are you gonna do with this?" He's like, "I can still play it off my PS, whatever it was." Oh, no, sorry, yeah. The HD DVD. There was an HD Microsoft. DVD drive that came with, the, or didn't come with it. There was an extra add-on for your Xbox 360. That's right, yeah. And I ha- I still have it sitting on like a bookshelf somewhere of yeah. this old HD DVD you can't drive. Get rid of it now. And I think I had like four or five HD DVDs. Yeah. I, I like the concept, although with streaming, I mean, everything's kind of... None of this matters anymore. Like, yeah. like, I have, like, all these shelves of... You can try to sell it. You can't sell it. Of DVDs, it Blu-rays, and CDs. I'm like, what am I going to do with this stuff? Like, I just need to get rid of this. But at the same time, like, I have so many CDs. Oh, like, yeah. what am I, gonna, I can't get rid of them. I, I made it uh, a couple years back. So, let's see. We've been in this house for five years. We're in our other house for three. So, when we were leaving our, our first home we bought together, I had maybe, let's say, argument's sake, 300 cds i kept all the ones i liked i had a couple that were signed i kept all those and then all like the other ones like the the soundtrack to triple x i got rid of that <laughs> one like like there's like some shit ones i just yeah. got rid of i just donated them all but I, I kept like maybe 40 cds that i have in a box somewhere in my attic right now and uh I, but i'm a, like i'm a big music fan I, I keep i kept all my vinyl and then i sold it and then i kept i bought half of it back and uh, anyways man vinyl is a slippery slippery slope for me yeah where Right now, I have, like, two buckets, not literal buckets, but, like, two... Crates? No, not even, oh. like, literally, just in my mind, like, they're is it in this bucket or this bucket? So I have them, like, divided. Either you are for this purpose or you're for this purpose. So, in one purpose, I'm collecting all the vinyl of my favorite band, Alexis on Fire. Okay. So I have all their vinyl in one. And the other one, I have this idea of this record player being up against the wall and then above the record player there's like six records on the wall and these six particular records are like some of my favorite albums of all time gotcha yeah yeah so that's the other ones i'm getting to fill up that six space and i think i have it done i may want to swap out a record here and there yeah yeah. and the others are like here's alex on fire's discography if i start picking up other bands discography i know like a year from now i'm going to have a thousand records and i have nowhere to put them as someone who's in that predicament myself I have all, I have like my iconic albums and I have albums that I, I definitely like know like first track to last track. And then, I mean, as you can see here, I'm a huge Oasis fan and the Gallagher brothers. So I had all, I have almost all of Oasis vinyl, a couple that I, I can't find or I, I'm not willing to pay $300 for or whatever. But then both these guys, both Liam and Noel have like these incredible spanning solo careers. And they're like, they're, I can't tell if they're, marketing geniuses or just 
fans of vinyl because like they come up with like special vinyls like i'm looking at the, the splatter Liam gallagher one he just came out with one that it's like it looks like smoke like smoke from like a cigarette or something and then the back it's laser etched out of his like um kind of like his iconic pose and it's like i just keep spending money on these things and i'm like this will never stop i will only have more of this in the future so my advice for someone who's in this <laughs> position yep. is um choose wisely and maybe choose a band that has a starting and an end as opposed to a band or uh, musicians who just keep going. I guess maybe if you want, but I, at some point, like, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna have 200 pieces of vinyl that I'm not. I'm not ever gonna play them all. So, anyways, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't ever plan on playing any of this vinyl because it's so much more convenient for me to just pull out my phone and play and something on Spotify, of course, of course. and cast it to my Xbox or my PlayStation, and set up to the stereo speakers, and like, I'm good. Like, I, this sounds fine. Yeah. I'm sure in a world where I have the perfect. Uh, vinyl setup yes with the perfect speakers and yes. the perfect receiver it would sound better yes marginally yeah but the it doesn't outweigh the convenience of me just using my phone you so. are 200 percent correct and on top of that it's not so much about the listening it's more about the routine of like okay every four songs and like as someone with add switching in something every four songs is really convenient but also like sometimes like when i have a good buzz and i'm just like i need to listen to an album and like I, I put one on the record player, and I just like I, I let the that, that warmth of the turntable kind of come into play, it gives me goosebumps. It's like that music experience that I love. It's okay, but how often does that happen? Maybe once a month if right. I'm lucky. So is it worth it? Probably not. But I guess it all depends on how much value you put into that. But side note, if you're just using it as an art piece, or like, hey, this is like. This is obviously something I care about and that I'm I'm a fan of. Then you should definitely do it because anything that brings you joy, you should definitely do. Yeah, it, you, I think a great way of putting it is like you should always surround yourself with the things you love, and maybe that ties back into wrestling. Where it's like, why do you keep doing this? It's like, well, Ooh. I love doing this. Well right? done. <laughs> you know, like this is tell Professor Cross he did Cross he did a good job. <laughs> And I think is, and that's not just things you love, but that's people you love. That's like surround yourself around the things that are going to make you happy. And like, you can't be happy hundred percent of the time. That's impossible. But if you're sitting at your desk and you're working away and like you hate your job, but you look down at your desk and you see a picture of your daughter or you see a picture of your son or you see, uh, Vladdy Guerrero's first hit, you see Vladdy Guerrero's first hit or Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth from WrestleMania Come 4. Or, or the XFL championship ticket. You know, I have... Actually, I don't think I have it in my car right now. Normally, I do have the original style XFL football sitting in the trunk Shut of my car. Shut the front door. I've been trying to hunt those down so badly. I got it at... I'm pretty sure I got it at a Canadian Tire, like, in 2001 or something. Yeah, exactly. When the league started. And I've always had it. It's been sitting in the garage forever. But every summer, I have like a summer set up for my car and a yeah. winter set up for my car. Okay. I'm and the win you, got my, you got my interest. Go on. <laughs> so my winter setup is like gloves, hat, right. emergency. So you, a toque and yeah, emergency yeah, yeah. stuff and gloves and a snow brush. Right. And the uh, specific, uh, I was going to say Rain-X. It's not the Rain-X one. It's the reflex wiper uh, fluid that's like minus 50 oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. a very specific type of washer fluid. That all goes in the trunk. When it's summertime, that all comes out. The squeegee goes in the car. Oh, okay. Squeegee's clutch because there's those days where it's like dewy outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get back to your car. This is mainly when I was working in restaurants and you get back to your car at like three in the morning and it's just shit. water everywhere. Yeah. So you just, you can't see shit. So you have to like just squeegee your car a little bit. 
And I'm very also... impressed by that. I'm very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I'd also throw in this uh, green soccer ball that I've had forever. Okay. Because there's been so many times, again, when I used to work at a restaurant, you just got to blow off steam at the end of the night. Yeah. So we would just kick a soccer ball around the parking lot for hours. I'm very impressed with how like conscious you are about like filling time with something somewhat practical or at least um, have, having the, the no to, to be like, okay, you know what? After work, I'm going to have to blow off some steam. So I have this XFL football or this green soccer ball or something. Very impressed because I would guess 99% of people don't do that because they're just like, fuck, I'll just go home and fucking jerk off or something. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's more of just like – and the football is more for traffic. I There was, I think, one time where I was in like a crazy traffic jam on the 401. We just got out and throwing the football around. <laughs> so cool. It's like, what else are you going to do? Like, yeah. you're stuck and you can't move anywhere. So I've, because of that, I've always thought it was a great idea to have the football in the car just in case you need it and just in case you – and it's a good conversation piece too. Totally. And the, and those balls specifically were such a big deal at the time because, like, you had never seen a black football before, so that's kind of cool. And, like, the story of uh, – I can't remember the commissioner at the time, but uh, I remember seeing this story of – I think it was on the ESPN 30 for 30 on the XFL about how he talks about how uh, the paint, the black paint on it, was too smooth, so guys didn't like it. So he had sandpaper and he's like sanding off the paint of it all. And oh, man, so the black football thing is a horrible idea. Why? So here's why: we were at a show in Christ, I don't even remember Coburg, Ontario, like two months ago or something. I was refereeing, and shout out to Brad Myers, who is like Brad gets all these bookings. Brad Myers has been on on the show a couple times actually. Brad gets all these referee bookings because he's probably the best referee in the country now. Wow, and he. Every so often, if they need another referee, he's like, hey, Dustin will do it. Like, I never go looking for referee bookings. But Brad's like, yo, I'm refereeing on the show. You want to come with me? I'm like, okay. Let's go have fun in Coburg for a night. Yeah. And, you know, the Coburg, the Coburg shows single were... again. Oh, my God. It sounds like so much fun. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I have the freedom to, and ability to be able to do stuff like this. So, anyways, we did a show in Coburg. And I think we were waiting for Rip Impact to, like, do whatever the hell he was doing. Yeah. Like, we were packed up. All our stuff was in the car. We're waiting for Rip to come out. Okay, remind me after. I got a rip story after. Okay. okay. Oh man, I got some rip stories. <laughs> I don't know if I can tell any of them though, but Rip's a hilarious guy. Um, so we're waiting for Rip to come out, and I had the football in the car because we had just loaded our suitcases into the trunk. We're like, well, let's throw the football around. Now it's after the show. It's probably like eleven o'clock at night, and it's pitch black outside. And we're throwing this black football around. <laughs> Everyone's getting smoked in the face because no one can see the stupid football. Yeah. So I bet that came up. Like obviously you have like professional lighting and stuff on the field of when you're course. playing a night game in the in the xfl but i imagine that was an issue for some players where yeah, like yeah, i'm looking up in sense. the night sky and i see a black football like i can't track it down that makes a lot of sense you yeah you, you've actually changed my opinion on it that's 100 percent a bad idea you're right <laughs> so what's this rip impact story okay so uh so my brother the other brain Brett Banks guy. So, so for those of you who don't know, Rip Impact is a professional wrestler on the Ontario independent scene. And yes. he's been a wrestler on the independent scene probably since he was a teenager. And and he's probably in his 50s now? No. Just... And that's what shocked me the other day. Because I had been watching him my whole life. But Rip is my age. He's 35. No way. Rip it is 35 years old. Looks Easily looks like he could be 50. And he's been around for so long. Like I'm like, I've been in wrestling for, I don't know, 11, 12 years or whatever it is. I've been watching you before I got into wrestling. Wow. And like I would have been a teenager watching him. He's like, yeah, I was a teenager. <laughs> like yeah. Rip started when he was a teenager. He was probably 16 and years old when he started wrestling. Good worker as well, too. Yeah. 
So um, he's got a good school in Hamilton. So that that's actually where I was going. Okay. So uh, HPW, I think it is. Right. Yeah. So uh, my brother had his son's. I'm gonna say seventh, sixth or seventh birthday at HPW, and so they did like a they did a whole show. They trained the kids. They let the kids like do some backflips off oh, the ropes, awesome. and, and we had so much fun. And so afterwards, my brother's like, "Get in the ring, let's go." I'm like, "No, no, I like Dave. Come on." And I was like, I'm going to be hurt or whatever. I'm wearing jeans, I think. He's like, fuck it, let's go. He's like, Rip's going to let us do it. We'll do it. And they put on a great birthday party. Considering, obviously, the location of everything, it was 10 out of 10 for fun. 10 out of 10, all the kids got such a kick out of it. They put on a great show. Everything was great. So me and my brother into the ring for the first time. And, you know, we do our uh, collar, collar and elbow tie-up. Sure. And we throw him off the ropes. He comes back, you know, whatever. Uh, he hits me with sweet chin music. We have, we're just having a laugh about it. And I said to my brother, let me give you a suplex. My brother's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I give my, my brother's like, don't do it. I do it anyways. My brother's like, my brother lands. He's like, holy shit, that hurts so much. And I'm like, where, didn't you land on your, on your shoulders? Like you're supposed to land on your shoulders. He's like, no, I landed right on my tailbone. I'm like, oh fuck. For me, the first time I took a suplex, um, it was at squared circle training and it was, uh, Anthony Fiasco, who I was in the ring with. And... He doesn't wrestle a lot anymore. And I don't know if you do even remember the no, name, Anthony Fiasco. Great name, by the way. It is a cool name. Definitely not his real name. I think it was taken <laughs> after Lupe Fiasco. Yeah. So Anthony Fiasco, uh, I was doing this videotape for the scores drafted. I don't know if you remember that reality show. No. But they did a reality show of picking like the next employee to work at the score okay. back when the score was a thing. Yeah. And Jackie Redmond won it one year. So that's where she originally came from. Okay. So anyways, I'm filming this demo tape for it. And like the joke was like, I don't even remember how wrestling played into this joke, but there was some wrestling element into it. And I wanted to get like beaten up in a ring based on this videotape. So Anthony took me in the ring, just gave me a bunch of bumps and like did a back, uh, back suplex and a vertical suplex and all these different things. But I had never done this before. Awesome. Um, I mean, I grew up a wrestling fan. I've been around wrestling. Like I knew how, I knew what to do, and Anthony told me what to do. Do you have, and, do you have older siblings that would would have thrown you around a little bit? I would have had my sister's husband, my my sister's ex husband, my older sister. Okay. Like we wrestled a lot. Okay. When he was like an adult and I was a child. Right. So <laughs> perfect time to do it. Right. Exactly. I've been very light to be able to do these things. Um. Anyways, so I didn't really know what to expect. And when he gave me a vertical suplex, like he dropped me perfect, like no problem with that. But I was wearing boxers that day. Okay. Not thinking that I probably should wear something a bit more restrictive. Right. And my balls just slapped across oh, the mat, like violently. I didn't even think of that. And I'm like, that sucked. <laughs> like that was very painful. And he's like, really? Like, what did I do? Like, I'm like, no, no, it's not your fault, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was just... Just pancaked yourself. <laughs> Unexpected <laughs> yeah. of impact that at that moment that I was not aware that was going to happen. I I always wanted I always wanted my brother and I always wanted to to just do a wrestling school a wrestling school crash course. I think there was. We, I think I think Superkick does like drop ins on Wednesdays or something like that. I think so because we we talked to some guy at a Smash show and he he's basically like our our age late mid to late thirties. And he was talking about doing one of those. And I was like, just to do a couple bumps, just to get it out of the system. You know what I mean? Sure. Because you're you're always curious as a wrestling fan. You know, like, uh, for example, the outside of the ring, you know, the the, the hot spot is like a power bomb on the outside of the ring. And you see a ton right now in wrestling. But you're like, the, the announcers always put it over as the hardest part of the ring. Blah, oh, you're blah. talking about the ring apron. I see what you're the saying. Ring, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Outside of the ring on the ring apron. Yeah. 
And I was like, I wonder if it like really is. Like, is it really the hardest part of the ring? Because I don't know, those posts look kind of hard. And I would imagine like the steel framing, which I guess you're kind of landing on too. But I was like, maybe also as being as a bigger guy, like I'm 6'2", almost 250 pounds. So the idea of someone like powerbombing me or even giving me like a razor's edge or something, like, something along that line, something that I have no control over kind of freaks me out like a little too much. Because I've never been in that predicament, you know? Like, Well, someone of your size on the Ontario independent scene, you'd be like the big show. Right, yeah. So I, you, I'd imagine that. Theoretically, too. you should never take that bump. Yes. I'd imagine like a double team suplex or uh, whatever they call it, coming into the ring the hard way or whatever. Like those things I imagine, I would, those are the kind of bumps I would imagine taking at my size. But I would not imagine taking like a power bomb or something more serious. No, you should be the guy doing that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like the base. I, I, I don't want to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's some other questions I want to ask you. I want to actually get into some sports talk sure. and get your opinion on some things. I, I know that we're kind of like running for time, so I, I, I'm going to ask you some maybe some rapid Toronto sports questions. Okay. Give me like one or two quick answers or uh, one or two worded answers and we'll go from there. Okay. Are the Blue Jays making the playoffs? 100%. Are the Maple Leafs going to make a big offseason deal? No, I don't think so. I think they're a perfectly good team. They'll have to fix some things with guys leaving, but I think they're a perfectly serviceable team, and they will be a very con- a good team for years to come. Do you know what the NARL is? NARL? Uh, no, I don't. The uh, North American Rugby League. Oh, sure. Okay. Do you know who the Toronto Wolfpack are? I've, I'm familiar with the Toronto Wolfpack. I've seen a lot of people go to those games. I've seen those on Instagram. They play at Varsity Stadium, I think. Uh, they play at... Um... No, what's the other one in, um, in uh, oh my god. I thought it was the one in Liberty, Liberty Village. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the Varsity Stadium? No, that's... Um, it's I know it's the one. It's the one on King Street just by the Canadian Tire. No, no. Not no. that one. No, really? the other one. It's a public one. I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. It's going to make me crazy because I'm a pretty big Wolfpack fan. Um, okay, anyways, moving on. Um, does John Tavares wear the C for the Toronto Maple Leafs this season? 100%. Oh, wow. I don't. There's no way they're taking that off him. Ever? I mean, maybe eventually, but I still, he's a, this is season five. I almost think it's unprecedented to take the captaincy off. Like it happened in San Jose with Marlowe, where they took it off him at one point when right. they put it back on him. I think um, it's it's not a good look to I, have the guy on the team still and strip the captaincy from him because you're saying that he can't lead the team, and that's not true. Like we don't yeah. necessarily know like what he's like in the locker room, that's true, and what he's like with the younger players and how he leads. In he other also ways. doesn't seem like. A overly vocal guy, vocal guy. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, but, but I don't. I don't necessarily think Matthews is, and I yeah. think that's where the people generally want think the C should go. I agree. I and agree. But I don't know if. Well, I don't think. I should let me say I don't know. I don't think the the best player on the team needs to be the captain of the team. Does players' nationality bother you? No. Okay. I, I feel like there's it more oddly, to this question. It, no, I, no, it, there's not. But it oddly bothers me, and I don't know why. Well, for the longest time, I remember I used to get really hot about the Maple Leafs drafting guys who weren't Canadian. Yeah. And I think that's because there was a, a stretch in the NHL where the best players were Canadian. Yeah. And it would bother me when they're drafting guys who are like this Russian guy or this Swedish guy or this Finnish guy. I'm like, not only are they not the best players in the world at that time, and there's an argument for whether they are or they aren't now, but we don't know since they didn't go to the Olympics. But you are also run the risk, especially for Russian guys, of them not necessarily even coming here to play. Yeah, that's definitely an option. I know if it was me and I, whatever my profession is, let's say a professional wrestling announcer, if there's a wrestling company that opens up in Russia and they're like, hey, we'll pay you X to come here and be rubles, our announcer. Yeah, yeah. 
I'll probably go there and check it out for a little while, but ultimately I want to come home to Canada. Or at least North America, right? Like, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. Has the CFL season started? It has. Okay. Who's your team? I mean, Toronto Argonauts. Yeah. I, I do have a part-time job for Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, so I am a de facto fan of the Argos, but like, okay. I don't necessarily care about CFL football. I'm a much bigger NFL football fan. Okay. And uh, CFL just never resonated with me, but I will be attending many Argos games this year. Okay. Who's your CFL? Oh, sorry. Who's your NFL team? Baltimore Ravens. Right. I know this because so is Suave, right? Yes. And so is got... John Atlas. Okay. <laughs> and Brett Banks is a Pittsburgh Steelers guy. Well, that's another reason why I love Brett Banks so much. I don't give a shit about NFL, but if I was, Steelers would probably be my team. Why? You know what? I, I would say initially it's the... Um, it's like the blue collarness of Pittsburgh. Okay. And I just, I, I, I've been to Pittsburgh once. It blew my mind. It was like such a great city, uh, such a great sports city. But I think I love the history and that's what sells me. And same reason why I've loved being a Leafs fan because the history is so like rich. Right. And uh, I feel like the Steelers are the same way. And I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. And what, what other team would uh, be like a historic like the new york giants I suppose. yeah the giants the same thing as the giants i don't know why james is a jets fan it makes no sense that's the thing like none of it really makes sense like i always am i i'm always of the belief that you should be a fan of your home team yeah I, i'm uh, on board 100 percent. so i i think i think of sports like family where you don't get to pick your family mm -hmm. this is where i'm from these are my teams these are who i support through and through 100 in, in Good health and in bad. Yeah. In, in sickness, sickness and in health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is it. Like, reluctantly, I am a Maple Leafs fan for yes. the rest of my life. Yes. I don't care what they've done or what they've gone through. I am there with them the whole way. Yeah. Same way with the Raptors and the Blue Jays yes. and the Argonauts and TFC. It doesn't matter. But for the NFL, we don't have a home team. So you're free to pick whoever the hell you want. I mean, you, 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 could, you could say Buffalo because of geography and that, but... Geographically, yes, it is Buffalo. And it makes sense if you look back at previous generations where satellite TV didn't exist and the internet didn't exist. Right. And the only NFL football games you typically got was your local you know, CBS station, yeah, which Fox came 29. out of Buffalo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the NFL football you got. And that's the coverage you got because you got the Buffalo signal. All fair, yeah. And if you're maybe if you're from the Windsor side, you would have picked up the Detroit right, network, Lions, right? Yeah, so yeah. I understand why some people... I understand why an older demographic in this city are big Bills fans. Totally get it. But I didn't grow up in that era. Right. I grew up in a video game era where I played NFL Blitz on my PlayStation. Oh, my God. I for, love... Like, that was my introduction to football, I think, was, like, around 99, 2000, whatever. Cold turbo until hut, and then just, like, just rush <laughs> All the go. That's yeah. it. That's every just play go, go, is go, go, all go. go. And he's just, like, <laughs> hut, and they throw the ball right away, and hope that someone catches yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um... Do the TFC make any noise this year? Um, I think it's too late this year. I know they had a lot of acquisitions come in. I know Insigne just yeah. – I don't know if that's even saying his name properly. You got it, yeah. No, uh, but... He just came in last week or whatever. Last week, yeah. I don't think he's played a game yet, but like he nope. joined the squad last week. And they've... Highest selling jersey on MLS, though, so that's – That's cool. I mean, I have – I have a lot of jerseys. I for And, again, the one benefit of working for MLSC in a very – <laughs> useless position I'm you're only, an executive just don't yeah, yeah. Like i'm not in any position of power in that company at all i have a part-time job that i barely ever do um but the benefit is that i do get a staff discount so i do have a ton of tfc jerseys 
and I do not have one of those. I don't think I'll have one of those. I really like my Michael Bradley one. I think I will wear that one forever. He he might be the first guy to get his jersey raised, right? I would, Bradley, I would assume imagine, so. You know, yeah. Like the captain. He's been the captain for as long as I can remember. Yeah, captain for the win, and that you know that those, those glory years, 2016, 17, 18. Yeah, I think it was twenty seventeen when they won the MLS yeah, championship. Was, yeah. They won the treble as well. Like they were unstoppable. Oh my god! And the fact that they lost that game against Seattle, like Seattle is probably the biggest rivalry I'd imagine. Yeah, because they faced them a number of times in like, the MLS final. Yeah, three times in the finals, and yeah. they're like one for two. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so uh, okay, so you said no to that. Uh, do the Raptors make a big trade this offseason? Want... Does Kevin Durant? I was just gonna say, like, I, I want to say yes, and maybe by the time this airs, Kevin Durant's already uh, a Raptor. Yeah. So here's the thing: I know Kevin Durant wants a trade. I know he is a fan of the Raptors, the city, and Nick Nurse and. Scotty Barnes, like he's been on record saying how much he likes all those things. I don't see it though. Because why, I don't why would the Nets trade him to a division rival? It's a division rival A. B, I don't know if the Raptors have a package that is something the Nets would be interested that doesn't include Scotty Barnes. And then if well, you're gonna trade Scotty Barnes, there's absolutely no point of doing this. A hundred percent. I mean, you could put Obi in there and maybe Boucher because you just you just read up on him. But then what else? Do, what else could you? See, that's the thing. Picks? But you wouldn't even put in Boucher because that's. Yeah, Boucher. Yeah, he, he's not. He doesn't have enough market value. Well, I guess. not just that, but like if you just resign somebody, it's a really bad look to all of a sudden just I trade agree. them. Yeah, right? yeah. So I want to say that Boucher is untradeable at this well, point. So who would you say? Siakam. It has to be Siakam. Siakam and and maybe Ob, but outside of that, I can't imagine. By Ob, you mean Og? That's exactly what I mean. Yes, okay. thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So like if, but I suppose, but I still don't think that's enough. Kevin yeah, Durant right. is a, a beyond a superstar. If you think about what the Raptors traded for Kawhi Leonard, that's pretty much what you're going to end up trading here. And from my recall, I it was oh it was it was um, Demar and Demar. it was the first. And I want to say there's like Yakapoto went the other way too. Like there was right. some other like yeah I can't think of it. Was, I mean make fun of Poto, but like he was a first round pick. Yeah, that's right. So you're gonna be losing a first round pick, which they didn't have this year. You'll be losing a draft pick, and you'll be losing the best player on your team. Yeah. So in this situation, it would be, it would it would be Scotty Barnes, it would be Pascal Siakam, and yeah, a first. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't. Like that it. would probably be the price. You you couldn't you couldn't trade the rookie of the year off his rookie of the year campaign. Like you you gotta see what season two has to offer. And I would hold off because I mean Durant, what he's like, I think they said like eighty games over the last two seasons he's missed. Yes, that's insane. That's almost a full season. Yeah, he hasn't played a lot, and I know there's a lot of drama in Brooklyn, and. Sure, you can place a lot of that drama on Kyrie. Yeah, but that's that's Durant's team. Yeah, you're supposed to be the leader of that team, and like that's. I agree. I and obviously, 100%. James Harden was an issue at some point too. And I would like to say, I think I may have said this on my podcast last week, but like Brooklyn's an awesome city, and if you don't want to play in Brooklyn, something's up, man. Yeah, but also, don't you think it's like, I feel like Durant wants to be the guy without being the guy. You know, like in Golden State, you had Steph, you had a uh, Clay, you you had another you. I mean, Draymond, if you want to put him in there, but Iguodala. yeah, you, you didn't have to be a one all the time. You yeah. could be number, the number two guy, but still, you know, have all your clout and all that stuff. I just think that Durant is looking for someone else to be number one and he can just kind of be sly on the side. I, I think Kevin Durant fits in well at Golden State. Yeah. I can he, see him he, going he, back. He there. just goes back. Oh, but insane. like what would Golden State send back the other way? And that's, that's the whole issue. It's yeah. Like, I can see Kevin Durant, sure, as a Raptor. I can see him going back to Golden State. I can see him playing in Phoenix. I can see him going to Los Angeles and playing with LeBron James. But, like, 
I don't know what you would possibly have to give oh up God. to make that happen. If Durant went to the Lakers and Westbrook, like who would you send back? Anthony Davis? That's the that's the problem. Is like who do you have to send back to make this happen? And that's the issue that I mean, maybe it's a good problem that the Nets have right now. But do you feel like do you feel like the Lakers? First of all, the Lake Lakers are kind of like such a mess because they have no future. Like they have no no big draft picks coming up. But also like. Who else does LeBron need to win a championship? Because I feel like with the team he has, he should be at least contending. Like he should be at least there. I mean, and he's Le- also LeBron James. That's so. that's exactly it. LeBron James on his own should be on a contending team. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the guy's not young anymore, right? I get, what, I get he that. Was, he was a 2003 draft, I think. So. I, th- I think he's 38, 30 or 39 this yeah, season. Yeah, so like he's like your age. Yeah, I'm actually older than him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but imagine. Yeah. No, like, I could. I couldn't even imagine. I have a hard time with rec league, rec coed league. Ball hockey. Yeah, like obviously we're not professional athletes. Yeah, obviously but... we just look like it, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, it after a while, time comes for all of us. Yeah, that's true. That's and so true. LeBron has been such a dominant player his entire career. It's it's hard to see that he's gonna not be as dominant, but it's gonna happen eventually. Yeah, at some point he's, he's just gonna... waiting for his kid, right? Like that. That's what he said. He's like he wants to play one season with his kid and then then tie it off. But honestly, like LeBron. Oh, for what it's worth with LeBron, like he's not my number one all time, but he is. I mean, a, a top three or five all time, anyways. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah. He's definitely up there, and I know he. Well, I mean, he said he wanted to get as many rings as Jordan. But so it's a six six rings. What do you have now? Four. He has four. I think he had mm, two with Miami, one with Cleveland, and one with LA in twenty twenty. Right. Yeah. So he has four. Like it's. I mean. He doesn't need to because ring counting isn't really fair, especially in the NBA where it's just like just snakes just chasing rings. But I don't know. I feel, I feel like when you look at it, like compare that to the NHL, I, I only compare it to the NHL because of the grind of the season, like 82 games a piece, you know, like both seasons. So when you look at the NHL, like you don't have guys, I mean, except for Corey Perry, chasing rings as much as you see that in the NBA. Yeah, I think the difference there is I think – for sure, the Stanley Cup is the hardest show for you to win, but you do also have 30 guys who get it, or 22, or whatever the roster size of the of the NHL team is. Oh, so you, like, more guys get it, more so guys it's would get it every to year. Get. Whereas with the NBA, like you have five starters and you know your benches, you know there are five guys. Five, deep. yeah. You have a 12, 12 man roster, maybe. So you, yeah, like, I, yeah, half as many guys are going to get a championship ring at the NBA. That, it's a, you know that's a really good point. I never really looked at it that way. That's fair to say. I don't. Know. I, I mean any. Pro sport trophies hard to get, so yeah. Okay, I mean, we get... talk about guys like Patrick Maroon. Like, oh my god, that guy has like three rings. Like, is he as good as LeBron James? Has four? <laughs> is he the LeBron <laughs> James of the NHL? You know what? Maybe, maybe he's just smart enough to to bounce around. I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, we're, I mean, we're not obviously talking about the same caliber of athlete either. But, anyways, okay, moving on. Okay. Does Kevin Biggio get traded this season? No. Oh. I, th- I think the Blue Jays have a lot of faith in Kevin Biggio. Um, he has turned it around with his bat, at least a little bit. Um, John McDonald, if you recall, oh, the player from the Blue Jays, obviously. John McDonald always said, "Like your bat gets you to the league, but your glove keeps you here." Ooh, and the fact Ooh, that's the, great. The fact that Biggio, <laughs> did you just have that in your back pocket, just like slide? <laughs> I've that kept out? that in my brain forever. Like back in the day when I finished college, I did. Um, I worked for AM six forty as a reporter, mm-hmm. and I would cover the Blue Jays for a season. 
So I would talk to John McDonald all the time. And John was always... Nice, humble brag. I like, like he was it. A really, he was a really cool guy. He would, like, sit there and, like, open fan mail and stuff. I'm like, why do people send you fan mail? Like, yeah. I figured that would go to, like, Vernon Wells or something. Like, but he, he's, like, a blue-class hero, or a uh, working-class hero, though, yes, really. Yeah. Absolutely. He's... Toronto fans always gravitate around guys yeah. like that. Like Him that. and Aaron Hill, I think, will, in that, like, uh, black and white era or black and gray era of the Blue Jays, he'll go down as one of the favorites from that time frame. Him, Halliday, Halliday well, for sure. Well, yeah, for sure yeah. well. Most Maybe hate, Frank Thomas. And most hated would be Alex Rios, for sure. Ooh. I couldn't stand that guy. <laughs> but in any event, like, so, yeah, your glove is what's going to keep you here. And Kevin Biggio has proven to be a Swiss army knife for totally. Charlie Montoya, right? Yeah. You can put him at first base. You can put him at second base. You can put him at third. You can put him in the corners. He, he's, he can do other than catcher and short, like he's played every position this season. And third, like he, he wasn't a very good third baseman when they tried him there. But no, no, no he wasn't great. But like he was a starting third baseman last season, right? Like that's what he... Yeah, well, yeah, a platoon kind of. But you, you think with like the uh, mentor he might have at home, he would be a better third baseman, I guess. But sure, yeah, I guess not. Like Hall of Fame father played third base. Yep. So, anyways, he played catcher too at some oh. point in his career, right? So did Batista. Yeah, Batista started as a catcher, which is kind of so crazy. Josh Donaldson. Yeah, that's right. I, was trying I don't to think he played there. any major league games there, but like at some point in his minor league career, he yeah, played he was a catcher. Yeah, I think he uh, he played for a team in New England in the minors, and there's actually like a Josh Donaldson bobblehead catcher bobblehead out there yeah my bobblehead knowledge is insane i'm sorry i kind of nerd out on it yeah there you go yeah i can't help it okay uh let's see what else do i have for you um okay does okay let's talk a little bit of wrestling because i mean obviously i I can't not have you here not talk about wrestling yeah of course is the wwe doomed (laughs) i don't think they're doomed at all is is i mean i have they had their most profitable year of all time i know isn't that insane and and honestly the but the product isn't the all-time greatest it's been no i would i don't think so but i don't think they're concerned about that isn't that wild that that throws me for such a loop i i am right now such an aew homer right now and it's maybe because we saw those guys like some of those guys i saw through smash yeah show up there i mean obviously like um half half that roster smash guy yeah oh yeah i mean minus minus kevin steen or whatever when i when i saw him at smash I actually, I actually chatted with him for a little bit outside. Like, I had just heard him on Stone Cold's podcast, and it made me laugh so hard because Stone Cold didn't do the math on El Generico and who El Generico was. Right. Okay. And he, he made it. He made a comment about Sami Zayn, something about Sami Zayn, and then also Steen said something about El Generico and blah blah. blah and Austin missed it, and I just, I had such an LOL moment with it that I was, just, I had to tell Steen about that because I thought it was so funny, but. I think because I saw some of those guys through Smash, I feel like uh, it's kind of like the um, predecessor of Smash wrestling, wrestling, even though it's no connection whatsoever. But no, none at all. Yeah, none at all. But it just feels like that. No, I understand. Like at the same, you feel like proud of them. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm yeah. glad. Like it's almost like watching someone in junior hockey and like, oh, now they made it to the NHL, and I'm watching them exactly on my TV that, yeah. every week, and I'm I'm proud of this guy. Like I was, I grew up in Brampton, so at the I used to go to a lot of Brampton Battalion games. So. Mm-hmm. Back when the team was Cody Hodson and Matthew Shane and Evgeny uh, Gratchev. Like, that was, like, in the 2008-ish era, I want to say. Who is, who is he? Who is the guy? Oh, my God. Played for Columbus all those years? Played for Columbus all those years. I mean, Barclay Goudreau no, did not no, play no. for Columbus, but he no, did play for... No, first overall. First overall. Rick Nash. Rick Nash. 
Did he play for, or was he from Brampton? He's, he grew up in Brampton. Okay, maybe I that's don't, what I'm thinking of. I, off the top of my head, like, if he played for Brampton, it would have been before my time of going to those yeah, games. because I worked for the Mississauga Ice Dogs for a couple of years. Right. So I saw, I was the generation, like, I was Spezza's generation. So Spezza, right. I saw Spezza and his OHL career, blah, blah, blah. But that's the thing. Like, when, every time I see Matt Duchesne on the ice, I'm, I just remember those times of him at the Powerade Center, whatever the hell it's yeah, called yeah, now. Yeah. I don't know what it's called now. Paramount? It might be the Paramount Fine. No, the Paramount Fine Food Center is no, in Mississauga. That's, that's old the Hershey. old Hershey. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the Brampton one's called. I think it's still Powerade, isn't it? No, it's not. No, okay. Because I, I was playing softball in their league a couple years ago, two years ago. So it's within the last two years it's changed. Recently. It, yeah. yeah, it has okay. changed recently. But yeah, that's the same. It's the same idea with independent wrestling where you're happy that you see guys that you you know, broke in with, or if in your case, that you used to watch at Smash Wrestling. Totally. Like, really cool seeing Uno, and obviously Grayson has moved yeah. on to something else. Which but, is too bad. Yeah. But, but he I wasn't mean, getting the time either, so. Uno and Grayson were just good buddies. Like, yeah. And it's every so often, like, I don't really, I don't, I don't, the funny thing is, like, I don't like reaching out and talking to some of those guys, because I feel like, I, don't, I always feel like they might think that I'm looking for a job or something. Right. In which case I am. But, like, I don't. <laughs> If it came out. If it came out. But, like, I don't want to, like, give that impression, like, I'm staying in touch so I'm, like, just in case. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah, always yeah. try to, like, not message people. But every so often, like, I will reach out to some of these guys. I'm like, hey, man, that was really cool or whatever. Yeah. I always I always feel the same way. I always feel like when I, when I see, even Uno, who, in all those Smash shows, he was always the funniest guy. When he killed the Smashtron 5000. He threw that lollipop. Oh, of, my God. Of the wrestler who we will not name. <laughs> Who was also in the news recently. I don't know if you heard that story. No. So, okay, so what we're talking about. First of all, uh, there was a wrestler, Joey Ryan, who used to put the lollipop down his tights and then jam the lollipop in your mouth. Right. Which is literally sexual assault. Um, (laughs) In any event, Uno grabbed the lollipop and whipped it, and it happened to hit the TV above the entranceway, and it shattered. Yes. First, Actually, first time I've ever seen anything that ludicrous like who would ever thought and it wasn't even like it was five or ten feet it was maybe 20 feet away yeah that was a, that was a long way yeah and i remember it went dead silent <laughs> and i was like oh and then everyone looked at alan yep. and you just saw alan with the father uh the disappointed father look just being like fuck <laughs> fuck <laughs> nothing you could do right? nothing you could do yeah yeah yes yeah. like he knew it was a freak accident oh totally yeah and <laughs> So funny. And Udo's like reaching into his tights and pulling out cash. He's like, I'll pay for <laughs> yeah, it. It's so funny. Yeah, he was all. So every time I see him on AEW television, I always think of like those moments when you guys gave out the Smash Awards and like, you know, stating, not a stating character, but like he would wear his mask still, but still put his glasses over top of his mask. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just love, I love the, I don't even go and call it kayfabe. I just love the fact that he, he just owned it. Like he just, it was just part of his thing. I just uh, Uno for that was always always makes me laugh. But. I found one of Uno's masks in my garage the other day. Not weird. Not it's, weird. <laughs> it's like I still have like sitting in the house. Like it's just hilarious that I have one. Odd, odd piece of yeah. Because anytime odd. they would come over, like they would like it'd be after a show or something, and they would like hang their gear out to dry in oh, the right. garage, right? So like when they're packing up and leaving, he must have just dropped one of the masks. Ah, kept it. And Good souvenir. Like what am I gonna do? Like ship it to Florida? Like right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen the guy in like three years. He's been it, on TV. Oh, good for him. I again, like that's uh, another reason why I love watching AEW is just because so many of those guys came through and they end up there and I'm just so happy about it. Orange Cassidy, I never, I didn't see him, but I know he was part of Smash. Did MJF yeah. do something with Smash at one he point? He did. There was a time where they one. did Smash versus CZW. 
Right. Oh, and I was there for night one. So you must have seen Maybe night it? two, actually. In, if night one was a Saturday and night two was a Sunday, I probably saw a Sunday show. In my head, I'm thinking... I don't know if he was on both shows. Like, I'm just trying to remember. Like When I think of MJF and I think of Smash, I think of the London Music Hall. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he was on both shows. But then again, he must have been. Oh, I best angle I for my money best angle in wrestling right now is the MJF Tony Khan battle. I mean, the, the interesting thing is like how much of it is real and how much is it not, right? And that's I feel like it's all it's all angle, but but that's what makes wrestling that's great, what makes it great, right? yeah, hundred percent. When you live in that gray area, yeah, I I, I love it. I, I think they're doing such a uh, AEW is doing such a great job. All of, I don't want to talk about any of the Cody stuff or anything like that because I that was kind of like I thought that was a work as well. I thought Cody parting ways with AEW just seems so crazy. I think it's one of those things that they call they work themselves into a shoot. Yeah. Where they may have been working it for a while until maybe he eventually did get an offer by WWE. And they're like, well, this is the offer. (laughs) It's a lot of money. This is the money. This is what they're promising me. And I don't know about you, but like when they announced it, or I don't think they didn't announce it, but when the news broke that Cody was signing, I was thinking, oh, no, the news when he left, left AEW or wasn't resigned. Well, that AEW. that I thought was a work. Like that, I thought at first I thought it was a work too. Yeah, like I didn't think that was real. And then after a few weeks went by, I was like, shit, I think he's really going. Yeah. And like he, but like week after week after week on Raw, like he wouldn't, he didn't show up. And I'm like, you're just scratching your head. It's like, well, fuck, we're like two weeks removed from Mania, and we haven't showed him yet. Totally. What are we doing? And then they finally, like a week before, said it's a mystery Wh- opponent, which was really smart because you kind of draw it out and it's a bigger pop and all that stuff. I would imagine. But also, like, wasn't AEW part of it? Like, wasn't he one of the fathers of this this thing kind of yeah. happening? Which just sounds crazy. But his statement was really good and really, like, well-worded and touched base on a lot of things. And you're like, okay, well, this sounds pretty legit. And then when he showed up, obviously, I just, I don't know if I loved AEW Cody, but I loved pre-AEW Cody, so I, I don't know. It's, it's hilarious because he's the same guy. Right, but yeah, yeah. But... You no, know, it's literally the exact same character. And that was my fear when he went back to WWE. I was thinking, fuck, they're going to do Stardust or right. they're going to bring him back as like Dash and yeah, Cody Rhodes yes, yeah. and it's not going to work. And then I was like, by SummerSlam, he's going to be Stardust. Uh, Stardust yeah. And then by All Out, he's going to be back. Yeah, and yeah, I told you. It's going to be this summer thing that he tried and didn't work out but man they brought him back on top it's strong yeah and they used him as the biggest baby face in the company yeah and and for a company that had like zero good baby faces it was a good fit and now he's on the shelf and they have zero good baby faces Fuck, man. but i mean you know i hope they do the triple h thing when he blew it as quad you give him the, the youtube music video and like well they said nine months but that's like which i think is K-Bay. yeah yeah, I, I I assume what they're doing is that they're saying nine months to throw us off the scent. Totally. And then WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, he he's big surprise entrance like, twenty nine or what? Or yeah, whatever, like just yeah. like John Cena did that year. Totally. In, yeah. In the Garden, I think it was. But why wouldn't you do that? Because that'd be a huge pop. Everyone would love it, and it'd be awesome. Well, the question now is, who? I assume he wrestles Rollins then. So this, again, so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm booking the WrestleMania main events, it's presumably roman reigns versus the rock right it's los angeles you have the stadium there you're gonna they're dropping hints all over the place i mean they yeah they dropped the hint on the young rock tv show so crazy so i assume that match is happening maybe that's the sunday night main event you need your saturday night main event 
if we have to, if Cody is healthy, he's probably going to be in the main event and he's winning the title. Right. He's going to have to win it from somebody. So now the question is, A, who, is he, who does he beat? And two, or B, I should say, um, how do we get the belt off Roman? Right. So my presumption is that Rollins wins Money in the Bank. At some point, he cashes in on Roman at an opportune time. Very similar to what he did. I think it was WrestleMania. Yeah, 31. Whatever the play button was. They stopped numbering them, so I don't remember what WrestleManias are anymore. But there was that year where it was uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And guess what the main event of SummerSlam is? Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. You can literally do the exact same finish where Rollins runs out, curb stomps somebody. And gets a win. And gets the win. He gets the belt. Then you can send Roman off on his way to do his thing with, with The Rock. It doesn't have to happen at SummerSlam. I mean, right. like this can happen at Survivor Series or There's wherever. And then Cody wins the Rumble. Off you go with Cody versus Rollins. And then you get Roman and Rock. So that's your two main events. That's how I would do it. I'm sure there's potentially to do it in many other ways. Those, but those are, those are the way you just laid it out, two great big matches. Yep. Everyone would want to see both. It's not. It's something fresh, I guess. Maybe not so much fresh, but with everyone with the anticipation, it's basically Yeslemania all over again, where everyone knew Brian was going to win, or everyone felt like Brian was going to win, and he did, and everyone went home happy, and there was no issues. Right. You know, it's the worst case scenario is like Cody. It's it's a Rumble entrant number thirty, and like Rey Mysterio comes out, and everyone's like, "What? <sighs> Why? Yeah, this doesn't make any sense." Poor Rey Mysterio. I know, right? <laughs> Anyways, look at, I want to do a couple more rapid fires, and then we'll get you out of here. Oh, jeez. Okay. Breaking stuff over here. I know. I can't help it. All right. Let me ask you something quick. Uh, side note, but does this room weird you out at all? No. Are you feel comfortable in this room? Totally fine. Okay, cool. All right. I'm also short, so it doesn't, like, coming into, like, <laughs> this little small area, I'm like, this... This is my this, this is my size. This looks yeah. like a bachelor apartment in um, in <laughs> Toronto, yeah. so this is... This would be $2,000 in Toronto uh, Easily. Yeah, a month. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, does, does Vladdy contend for uh, MVP this year? I don't think so. Um, his, all around his numbers have been down. His power right. numbers are down. His average is down. His slugging is down. Um, and Aaron Judge is an absolute monster he right is now. Just, yeah, he, he's really having a great caliber year. If Vladdy didn't win it last year, he's not winning it this year. Definitely not winning it this year. I mean, the disadvantage is like, I think, I think the book's out on, on a lot of those guys right now. It just, you know, like. Outside, outside, something like whatever. Um, what am I trying to say? Just like a sweeping pitch outside, or a sinker outside, or whatever curveball outside, anything outside, far and away, out and away. Yep. Ooh, that was a hard one to get out. Okay. <laughs> Does do you return to Smash Wrestling in this calendar year? Hundred percent. Oh, I like the sound of that. I'm already. I mean, I'm booked, so I will be at the. Oh, you're gonna be in London. <laughs> yeah, I'll be okay. at the London events. Okay. Uh, I say events. I think there's two of them, but I think only one is announced. Okay. Uh, I could be lying about that. I would have to look at my calendar. As but. a football fan, will you watch the XFL, the new edition three of the XFL? I would give it a shot. I I mean, I love football. I, I was a big fan of the fan control football league the first season yeah. that came out. Um, second year, I, I fell out of it because the team I supported just... Who just, was it? So I was a fan of the Wild Aces. Yeah, I'm familiar actually with, with okay. the fan control. So the Wild Aces were owned by Kind of Funny, or partly owned by Kind of Funny. It's a podcast company. Okay. Um, then in season two, when the league went heavy into NFTs, Kind of Funny was like, "We're out. We don't want to be a part of this anymore." So the Wild Aces team got 
new owners, got a new name, got new everything, and I just stopped watching. They had the Jokers too in that in that league, right? Uh, Is that the one that uh, Marshawn Lynch owned? He owned one. Marshawn Lynch did own a team. I don't think they were called the Jokers. Though. Okay. Um, I'm a huge St. Louis Battlehawks fan. Battlehawks. Is that the XFL? That's team? XFL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, listen, if you're looking for an XFL team, the Battlehawks are the team. I feel like Shane Saber and Brad Myers picked St. Louis as well. Well, I mean, I like both those guys, so. That makes a lot of sense that they would also be Battlehawks fans. Um, you saw, like, I have a custom bobblehead up there done by Canada's own The Catman. Okay. One of two. He made himself one because he said um, when I – I asked him, but I actually interviewed him on the show because he's um, – in the bobblehead world, his bobbleheads uh, command, like, six, 700 bucks. They're insane. Wow. Um, they're all custom. They're all handmade. Uh, and he makes them in Surrey, B.C., and um, he was like a truck driver, got into a really bad accident and needed to make money. So he started doing bobbleheads. He did some for the uh, Calgary Rough Riders. But um, I asked him, I said, like, I really want this because the XFL doesn't have this kind of merchandise. He's like, who's your team? I said, Seattle, um, sorry, St. Louis Battlehawks. And uh, Jordan Tiamo, Tiamo he, um, he was a quarterback. He, he stole the job from, um, he plays for Washington now. Um, Heineke, Taylor Heineke. Ta- yeah, ta- he was he was a battle hawk as well. He got injured the first game of the season. Jordan came in, stole the number one position from him, and they were on pace with the um, Houston Roughnecks, who got sued by the Patriots because their logo looked fairly <laughs> fairly like. Um, yeah, they they were lining up to be uh, the first championship game since the last championship game in the uh, XFL. Anyways, it never happened. Um, but anyways. That's one of two, and he was recently on a bobblehead podcast, and he said like that was one of the few bobbleheads that he made that he was actually wowed by, and I felt like really good about that because I was like, yeah, that's my – I have one – he has the other one. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. All right, so you will be the XFL a chance, and if you do want to be a Battlehawks fan, I will be there with you. I'll think about it. I'm yeah. re- currently reviewing my options. Yeah, you got the uh, Dragons, Florida Dragons, the Roughnecks. Well, who – they actually haven't announced the teams, but the Vipers – Actually, that's a Florida Vipers, Seattle Dragons. Anyways, I don't know. I, th- I think the teams are going to be shuffled quite a bit. Yeah, we'll see what happens, and I think there's going to be an alignment with the NFL. They they had mentioned something about uh something with the NFL alignment wise, and I think it's going to basically work like your AHL NHL affiliates. Exactly. Yeah, which is a great idea because that's what you need to do, and that pretty much puts guaranteed stars into your into your roster. Yeah, The Rock was talking about that the other day where he met with a bunch of players. And I forgot exactly what he said. But, of course, it's The Rock. So it's like the most profound thing you've ever heard in your life. Totally. It was like the X in the XFL is like the crossroads of like opportunity <laughs> and some, and hard work or some shit like that. I'm like, of course, The Rock. If it's not the cheat like days, I don't give a shit what The Rock says. Like His epic cheat days make my life. Um, so if it's not that, I don't want to hear from The Rock. Okay. Let's see. Last question I'm going to ask you. What is... The next Toronto sports franchise to bring a championship back to the city. Ooh, that is a tough question. I think the Raps are kind of like on the up. Well, if the Raptors end up getting Kevin Durant, then all of a sudden they're Ooh. the answer. Okay, but Jays are on I, the I, up. I think the Blue Jays is the smart money. Um, as much as I love the, I, I I firmly believe in the Maple Leafs. Yes, me too. 
I know everyone wants to give them shit, and everyone wants to trade William Elander, which I don't want to do. Don't do that. Not it's, now. It doesn't make sense. Not now. And, but every, and I have this argument with James, like literally every week in our podcast, where he's like, "Okay, this is what the, this is what the Leafs need, and all we gotta do is trade Nylander. I'm like, "No, no, no, stop it. Why? We're not trading Nylander. Bang okay? for buck. He's the best on the team. He's fantastic. Buck. I know there's times in the playoffs. Would argue that too, but yeah. there's times in the playoffs where he was, you know, a problem, but a little soft, very soft, but. I still believe in the Maple Leafs. I still think they are on the right track. That said, I think the Blue Jays are further along with their potential. I don't know. You see, the thing I don't like about the Jays this season is I thought for sure starting pitching is – I thought for sure going into this season, the bullpen would be great. Not good, great. And it hasn't been. No, it's been horrible. Yeah, it's been horrible. And I thought that that's where they'd be pretty got solid. Sergio Romo now, man. Don't, Don't even start. It. Don't even start. What, 86 mile per hour fastball? This guy, 8.3 ERA is great. Oh. He'll fit right in. Did he end up pitching yesterday? Uh, he warmed up but did not come into okay, the game. Okay, I wasn't sure. That game, I, I, I was watching it and then I, I checked out for two minutes. The game was over. I was so upset with myself. Anyways. Okay, so the, you think the Blue Jays are the, the next Toronto franchise? Yes. Okay. That's the answer I'm sticking with. You heard it here first, folks. This has been Dustin Perry, Smash Wrestling announcer, podcaster of the 43.6. Close enough, 43.6. 43.6. Yeah. You had it right. 43.6. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. You had me there. Um, check it out. All, i got to imagine on all podcatchers. It's on everything. Okay, cool. Uh, if you have any questions, just DM me on Instagram. I'll send you some links. Dustin, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the drive out to lovely Milton, Ontario. Hey, man, I used to work here. It's great. All right. Where'd you work here in Milton? I used to work at Turtle Jack's. Oh, those fucking franchises. I've never been. <laughs> it's actually really nice. You should go sometime. <laughs> never do. Anyways, that being, <laughs> yeah. as always, uh, thank you for the support. Passion over paycheck. Thank you for downloading, tuning in, checking us out. This is the Not For 3 Podcast.